0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 6 of A View to a Cocky Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocky Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Oh, not bad, man. Slept super well last night. Yeah? Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, We're getting a a nice chill in the air, throw a nice warm blanket on. It is. Yeah, you know, dude, I'm old enough now Mm -hmm. that... Okay, so if you're like a young person and you listen to this show, you know the amazing thrill that you get when you stay up like crazy late? Because, I, like, I remember this as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to stay up till like, 2 in the morning. It's going to be rad. Now that same thing happens when I go to bed at, like, 10 o'clock. <laughs> like, I don't have anything to do. Not always. I feel mean, like I like doing stuff. But it's just like, mm, it's 10 o'clock. I'm going to go to bed. And you just go to bed. And if you don't have to wake up for anything in the morning. And you just sleep. And you wake up. And there's no alarm. And you just say, like, mm, oh. Oh, you stretch up, you have a cup of coffee, go to the farmer's market, come back, have a nice lunch. See, I I actually did stay up until, like, 2.30 in the morning last night. i so friggin' old. I I went home, and I went to bed, and then instead of going to sleep, I sat on my phone, and I read, like, X-Men comics from, like, the late Australia pre adjectiveless era. Oh! Like, I just read all the way through, like, Siege Perilous. Uh, do you, well, okay, listen, I, don't, I- I don't know why I chose to do that instead of sleeping for four hours, but- I feel bad for you. You did have, like, a double espresso? at I don't know, nine? No, that was, like, seven. I did not expect it to be that <laughs> affecting. But again, uh, as previously stated, I am older than I once was. So, Matt. So, Dave, today we are watching episode six of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Uh, or rather- Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Yeah. we're recording episode That's 6, right. uh, and we're doing it in person, as you may be able to tell. Um, but today's episode is called The Eyeball Prince. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? First star of the week is we finally got to see that Power Rangers trailer, you guys. Oh, yeah. It's... It looks really good. It's okay. Here's the deal. I have heard a lot of mixed reviews about this trailer. Some people think it looks great. Some people think it looks like garbage. But I think... Well, you know, I think that all comes down to what it is that you want out of the Power Rangers movie. Do you want a movie about, like, the Breakfast Club getting superpowers? Because if you do, this movie looks... It sounds like that's pretty much what you want. Yeah, this movie looks amazing. Because I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but if you haven't, it is exactly the Breakfast Club gets superpowers. Yeah, dude, there's even a bit where, like, the kid... Lay, is laying out his colored pencils, I think, because he's going to do some art. And there's a jock. And it, yeah, it's just... It's the Breakfast Club. Yeah, like Jason is uh, Emilio Estevez. Yep. Um, Kimberly is Molly, Molly Raywald. Yeah, so... Trini is Ali Sheedy. But I think it looks... I think it looks pretty rad. I'm, I'm into it. I like the look of it. Yeah. And you know what I, I'm digging so far is that it looks... Just serious enough that it's not going to be like straight up a goofy kids movie, but not like the like the fake trailer that somebody put together like a year and a half ago. Oh, we're like oh, every, Black v- Flesh Rangers. Yeah, where, yeah. like everybody was like on heroin and like I don't know murdering. I don't know whatever. So it, it looks like it's hitting that sort of like narrow part of the Venn diagram that I'm actually really interested in. So. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to the next trailer because I feel like the next trailer is when we're actually going to see, like, the Megazord and Alpha and Zordon and all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm seeing, like, some of the design stuff that I'm seeing is really cool. Like, I actually am pretty into their costumes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think their costumes are pretty rad. I did see a picture of Jason's power sword, which I think looks real dumb. It's got one of those, like, sword handles that you only see in, like, the third Xenogears game that has like a weird loop handle and you don't know how someone's supposed to hold it. Yeah, but um, listen, I'm going to reserve judgment, which is good because they're waiting on us personally to approve this. So yeah, man, Power Rangers trailer. I'm I'm excited about this movie. Ranger Danger guys, Morphin Grid guys, here's what we got to do. We should all get together and do like a giant review like a, just a six person multicast that, that would be a lot of fun like i don't know how we can't go see the movie together obviously but sure. like we should this we should make this thing happen trying to line up time zones between like australia and cleveland and texas might be a little tricky Oh, yeah uh, but okay. uh, if we if we can swing it um if you're listening it. then let us know so um dave what is our second star of the week it's a quick one but our parents are in town. Well, yeah. Mom is in town right now, and dad is about to, he's getting into town today. Which is great, and I'm super psyched. Hey mom and dad. Hello. Bye. Hey guys. We know you listen to the podcast, but they're not here in the room with us right now, because that would be weird. Yeah. But so the <laughs> <they don't laughs> typically do it with like an in-room audience. Yeah. The only the only thing that's weird about mom and dad showing up is that so they get in from Sweden. And, you know, like, you arrive where you're going and you have, like, a bottle of water and, you know, like, some snacks or something. Sure. But all of the stuff is is just from Sweden. And it looks mostly the same until you look at it closely. And okay. And so it's just, like, was like, bottle of water. And it just says aqua on it. And I was, like, okay, cool. You know, aqua. Like, yeah, it must be a bottle of water. And then you look a little bit closer and it's just, like, vnerstigenarden. I was like, what the... Oh, right, yeah. Sweden. Right, right, right. Or that like comes a... from a land far away. Right, or there's, like, a bag of chips, and it just is, like, chips on the front, and it's just, like, flavor <laughs> you know, and, like, that just invades my house for a minute, and it, like, it's like if you're in the Matrix, and, like, there was, like, a glitch in the code. And, like, and... something looks mostly right, and then there's, like, a weird flicker. Yeah, because... Swedish is like super close to English like it's very very similar and so if you don't look pretty closely it just kind of looks like English right right so that's pretty much it it was just it's a funny thing and uh mom and dad are in town and it's great because we don't get to see them a whole lot so what Matt is our third update of the week uh third star of the week Dave is um I went out for a stroll the other day this is a walk update this is a walk update this, this, this is a Like, sing walk update so that Mark can, like, cut it and put it in if he wants. Oh, yeah, sure. So, okay. So you would have to do, like, the. Uh... This is a walk, a walk update. Walk update. Walk update. Walk update. update. So I'm out for a walk the other day, and uh, this was, I think, a week ago today. Okay. Uh, maybe even right after we finished recording the last episode. I don't remember when we did that. It doesn't matter. So I'm out for a walk, and there is an old, like, decommissioned... I don't know what, like, denomination it is, but it was some manner of church. It was, like, a synagogue or, like... like something. It some was Some sort of, like, clearly... Got it. Right. Like, and it, it has, like, a round ceiling, but not, like, a, like... Russian sort of dome ceiling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so actually, heads up, that place was almost certainly a synagogue okay. at one point in the It yeah. Ca- Was it on the east side? No, 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 it was right by me. Oh, well then I don't know. <laughs> but it might have been. Anyway, I actually think it is it's a PokéStop, so I like look at what it's called every time. Oh, I look okay, past yeah, it. no. As long so, as we've got the what's really important. Talent. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been a PokéStop a lot more recently than it's been an active <laughs> like place of worship. <laughs> so, um, but it's been empty for years, and people have been trying to figure out stuff to do with it. And eventually, what they decided is they're going to like salvage some of the exterior of it. Oh yeah, that yeah. building. Got it. Yes. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're tearing it down. They're salvaging some of the exterior, and they're using the exterior of that building. To put on the exterior exterior of, like, a row of townhouses they're putting up or something. Sure. You know, like, maintain the look of the corner and, like, get rid of a, what has become a derelict building. Great. That's but awesome. I have lived in my apartment for, like, three and a half years. Yep. And the whole time there's been this empty building next to an empty lot. Just, like, completely, like, you know, just... It's derelict. There's Yeah, nothing exactly. There. Uh, and now there's actually something happening. Like, they're starting to tear it down. But the thing is, I'm never there when they're tearing it down. So just, like, every couple of days I pass by it. And, like, new parts of the wall are missing. And so it doesn't appear to be in a state of, like purposeful deconstruction. It looks like every time I go past it, I have moved like another 20 years into a post-apocalyptic <laughs> timeline <laughs> where like this building has just like slowly gotten more and more like you would see it in Fallout. There's <laughs> just like twisted metal like bent down in piles of rubble. Oh, man. It's amazing. I mean, I'm really looking forward to there being something on that corner. Also, brief walk update uh, supplement. Yeah. Is that... On that same walk like right around the corner because I was walking over to the store to get some groceries I saw on the sidewalk an abandoned derelict arcade cabinet for police trainer do you remember police trainer yeah yeah it the was game just was not good no it was very bad it was uh, if you do not remember the game it was like an early light gun game like pre area 51 yeah it was not Great. Um, but it was just like sitting on the sidewalk. Like there were no notes. It was not garbage day. It was just as though like someone was messing with the level editor for that street and like <laughs> clicked a weird button. So, okay. I don't actually have a walked update myself because uh-huh. I wasn't walking any place. But I was... Another dude was on a walk. Okay. More accurately, he was on a roll. All right. So I was... I was sitting at my table yesterday and I look out the window and I just see somebody glide by. And I was like, what is going on? And so I actually, I looped around to the other side of my house and I look out the window and there is a dude. And I'm like, listen, I just want to be, I want to be like abundantly clear Nothing I am about to say is designed to like get down on this dude. This dude is living his truth in like a deep and powerful way, and I'm just reporting it to you <laughs> in the same way that I would report it if I had seen a unicorn. All right? Okay, so I look out the window, and there is a dude, and he has on a backpack, okay, and big headphones mm-hmm. and a red sweatsuit, like a top to bo- like a matching top to bottom. Sweatsuit, like, with a hoodie. Nice. He is wearing a yarmulke. Okay. Which, I don't know why, but, like, the juxtaposition of, like, a very religious garment with, like, totally relaxed clothes always is funny to me. Yeah, it's fun. And he is on... He's on roller skates. Skates. Yeah. At first, I thought it was, like, rollerblades. I was like, surely it must be rollerblades. And I was amazed by rollerblades. Because, like, who... Has rollerblades? Right. And I go around, and he's got on roller skates. And he has actually hopped off to the side, and he's standing in a tree lawn because he's, like, talking to somebody else mm-hmm. who is just a person. I mean, he's also a person, but a special person, clearly. Sure. And so, he, as I'm watching, he finishes his conversation, and he hops back onto the street and starts, like, moonwalk backwards <laughs> skating on these roller skates and i just i was just like where's my phone where's my phone where's my phone where's my phone and i was like i was like i got to get a picture of this dude who's just like this guy has just decided this thing and like he's he has, just found his truth and he is living and in he's it just doing it it was um it was just it was amazing um that is beautiful i don't have i, I don't have jokes about that i just i wish you guys could have seen it it was incredible So, Dave, speaking of things that you might have jokes about, what is our fourth star of the week? So, fourth star of the week, Matt, is that teenagers, as long as I work with them, continue to mystify me. I don't understand. So, first of all, in our continued periodic update of what kids are wearing these days, Mm -hmm. a kid... Red sweatsuits. Red sweatsuits. Sunglasses, not sunglasses. Roller skates. Roller skates. And there was a kid in rehearsal the other day who was wearing, she was wearing mom jeans. And I just want to be, like, I want to be clear. I don't mean, like, high-waisted jeans. Mm-hmm. High-waisted jeans have been back for, like, a minute now. Right. These were straight up, like, mom jeans. Like, they were high-waisted, yes. Mm-hmm. But they, like, the cut of them was just, like, kind of, like, very loose and, like, f- straight cuts. Like, just look up the SNL sketch about mom jeans. Yeah, oh, I know And it well. that's... She was just wearing mom jeans. This was not anyways. Pleated there I don't think there were pleats, but like if I had missed them and they were there, I wouldn't be like blown away. Nice. All right? So the second thing is that I've got so I'm kind of a nerdy teacher, so nerdy kids eat lunch in my room because like that's how the universe works. Okay. Like this is the balance of my world. Sure. And so the kids Liked calls to like. Yeah, yeah. And so there were kids in the room and and one kid said said something i forget it was like an opinion about a tv show or an anime or something Uh and another child agreed with that they were Mm -hmm. like their heart in their heart they like they were like i assent to what you're saying but instead of saying like oh yeah definitely or like yeah i also i think that too or Mm -hmm. yeah that character is super great this person live with their actual human mouth just said retweet like I, they weren't. I, I, I'm not really sure how to process that information, Dave. It's an, it's shocking. It, another child just said at a different point point on a different day, in they just said like, <laughs> like as though there were a as though there were a button like that they in were, the air that they had like found, yeah, and that they were like activating by saying by using their voice, and they were just like like. And that was, they just said it though. it wasn't. I feel like if they're gonna do that, they should at least have like a sign that they hold up. Yeah, and it's just just retweet. Man, I don't know, dude. Hashtag teens. I I I don't know. I don't know how to handle it, dude. It, it just. I actually like looked up, and I thought about. There was like a brief moment, or it's like, am I gonna address that? And that is, you know, it's like, dude, there's bigger. There's like greater fights, right? You know, like that's not to gotta, gotta die pick your on. battles, but yeah, I was so actually that leads me to our fifth star, not because it has anything to do with those kids, just because it's in school. So we're doing a musical, right? We do a musical every year, and I I help with it because I teach acting, and so we're doing anything goes, which is like oh, an nice, old, yeah, it's like an old Cole Porter musical, and it's a it's a okay, I was about to say it's a great show, it's actually not a great show. Mm-hmm. It's great songs because right. Cole Porter is great. The show itself makes very little sense and right. is, is basically just a vehicle whereby you can deliver Cole Porter songs, right? Like a thin sort of skeleton, There's, like is, scaffolding yeah. upon which you can build an excuse to sing those songs. Yes, that is exactly what is happening. So one of the famous songs from this is "I Get a Kick Out of You." Oh right? yeah, great song. And it go yeah, and it's like, I get no kick from champagne. Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. And then there's another line, there's another verse later, that just goes... um, Oh shoot, how does it go? I get no kick from cocaine. I'm sure that if I took even one sniff, it would bore me terrifically too. Or something like that. Right, right, right. But it does reference, it talks about cocaine and champagne. Right. Which is... I'm, I'm sure on Cole Porter's day, perhaps like a less controversial substance. Well, well, I mean, okay. not champagne. Champagne's still fine. fine. But here's the deal: all it says is I don't do cocaine. Like right. I don't do coke. Other people do. That's not me. Because I get a I get a kick out of you. No, no, that's no. how it goes. Okay. And here's the thing: it doesn't say I don't do sh- cocaine. It says I don't get a kick out of it. Oh, oh well. Okay. That's fair. But our <laughs> our principle <laughs> is like our principal is just like, she's like an old lady and she's been like a teacher for a long time. Like, I like old ladies. Like, I'm fine with that. But she was talking to the musical director and she said, well, you can't, you can't talk about cocaine. Like, you can't reference it. Or champagne. Because it's (laughs) alcohol. And it's like, but that's the, that's the song. Right. Like, it's a a classic song. It's Cole Porter. It's an American standard. Right. Like, this is... What? You want to... Why do you want to... She, she like, hassled me the other year uh, because somebody died in a play. Mm -hmm. It was a murder mystery. (laughs) Like, it was a murder mystery. It was Agatha Christie. It's like the... Mousetrap. It's like the longest-running play Ever ever it's been in continuous production for like 60 years and she wanted to like 90s cartoon that like this person mysteriously got destroyed (laughs) yeah like that she's just like anything that references like it's it's like guys have you like not to be like do you know what kids these days listen to but like just straight up have you watched tv right it's just nobody cares but and, so, and plus, the idea that, like, you would replace Cole Porter lyrics with lyrics that your principal wrote, like, listen, is, no no shade on your principal. I'm sure she's very good at her job, but she's not good at Cole Porter's job. Right. And Cole Porter was very <laughs> good at his. Super good. Super good at being Cole Porter. So that's, I don't know, man. He's, I mean, he's in, like, the top three people of being Cole Porter. Yeah. As Cole Porter, Cary Grant, and Kevin Klein. Right, Those yeah. are the three best Those Cole Porters. Those are the Porters. three best Cole Porters. So... Man, I don't know. I think we're going to not change it and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's it, man. Those are the five stars. Let's... Let's take a break. Let's watch episode six. Speaking of cinema classics. Oh, yes. Uh, Episode six, The Eyeball Prince, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja! Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching episode six. Um, boy... There is a lot, lot going on in this Dude, episode. I, I think we gotta just, like, that can no longer be our opening comment. I think we just have to make peace with the fact that, like, that's just Ranger. Like, it's not just like, wow, there's a lot of episode in this. It's like, nope, that's just Kakuranger. Ranger yeah. is full throttle, start to finish, all episode, every episode. Yeah, there is no downtime in this episode. <laughs> so, we start the episode, and Nurikabe is super mad, and he's still alive. Which yes. I I had actually forgotten about. My assumption had... I forgot that. I thought he was still dead. But that dude is alive. Still dead? Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he uncharacteristically has survived the episode. Uh, his brother came in at the very end and saved him, if you remember. Oh, that's... Oh, yes. That's yeah, right. He gets Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he is okay. Uh, and he appears to have healed up from his wounds. Yeah. So he and... They don't mention it at the beginning, but the monster's name is Mokumokuran. Yes. And he's just a bunch of eyeballs. In mythology, I'm not exactly sure what his deal is. But so he is the titular eyeball prince. Yes. He is a character who, in other Power Rangers podcasts, I can't remember if this was a Ranger Danger thing or a Morphin Grid thing. When he was in uh, Power Rangers, he was actually called the frustratingly clever name of Sea Monster. Okay, that actually is pretty good. Yeah, but also Uh, he has like a big flesh trench coat and then he opens it up to like shoot light at you and he is literally flashing you. So he's also like a real grosso. Oh yeah, this was the guy we talked about him before where it looks like it's a coat but it's just made out of his skin and the inside of it is also filled with eyeballs. It's horrifying. Yeah, there are are, like empty sockets in his head and his torso and inside of his coat are filled with eyeballs. It's... Bad. It's Yeah, that's not cool. So they, however, so these two dudes, Nurikabe and Mokumokuran, they identify Tsuruhime as the leader of the Kaku Rangers. Yes, they officially say like, okay, here's the plan. This woman, Tsuruhime, is the leader of the Kaku Rangers. So I am very interested in this because like, is... Is she actually, or is that something that, like, they're identifying? Or is just, like, the White Ranger is in charge You know, of the Kaku Rangers? From what I have heard from listeners, um, it is sort of generally accepted that Tsuruhime is the leader of the Kaku Rangers. Like, the Red Ranger is still, like, you know, the Red Ranger. So to the extent that, like, Red Rangers do, like, special things in the field and have, like the best... Better powers like, and like, stuff. Like, better powers and stuff. Like, he is... Like, Sasuke is still the Red Ranger, but Tsuruhime is the leader of the team. In the same way that, like, in um, Time Ranger, or Power Rangers Time Force, depending on which version of it y- you've seen, like, the Pink Ranger in that show is very definitely, like, the one who knows what is going on and tells everybody else what to do. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's actually super cool. I'm really into the idea that Tsuruhime is in charge. Yeah, it's weird that they put her in charge but didn't make her the Red Ranger... That is a little bit weird. Yeah, we don't get a female Red Ranger until, like, it's this weird, I mean, here's a here's a late game plot twist for um, Shinkenger or uh, Power Ranger Samurai, so I guess, like, plug your ears for like three seconds, but late game in that show, there is a replacement Red Ranger who is a woman. Oh, that's pretty rad. Um... So, but anyways, but that's I think the first and only time we ever get like an actual female Red Ranger. So, Nunakabe and Moku, Moku Ren, they decide they're like, all right, we've got to take out Tsuruhime, and if she folds, like, that's it. The rest of the Kaku Rangers are done. Right. Like, those other four cannot maintain a superhero team on their own. <laughs> uh, which I think is actually a pretty accurate assessment. Those dudes do not seem to know what's going on. No. So, here's they can their probably plan. barely keep the crepe truck alive without her. So, here is the Yokai's plan they're going to rob a jewelry store uh we'll, we'll figure this out later. So what they do is they they shapeshift into ladies, yes, and they have purses full of potatoes that they like wave their hands over and do like fairy magic and turn them into money, right? And then they walk into the store and they there's like a flash cut and they walk back out and they're just like, yeah, that was great. And then as they're walking away, they turn back into their regular forms. And walk past the same store. And then as they are walking past in their like regular forms, their regular human forms, that is. Right. The jewelry store owners run out with hands full of potatoes. And they're like, thief, thief, thief. Like we've been robbed. Which, okay. Yes, that's technically true. Yes. But what actually happened to you is that someone gave you money. And then that money turns into potatoes. Yes. So... I wonder how they're going to explain that to their manager. I really... Yeah, like, I am really curious as to, like... Well, no, you weren't robbed as such... I mean, like, you were, definitely. Right, like, you were definitely given counterfeit bills. But that is... Right, like, if I was robbed in that way, I would not be running out after the store and yelling, like, thief, thief. I would be like, what What, is going on? What just happened to my money is, like, what what is going on in this world that I live in? So... The, the yokai just like, yes, this plan was great. Although a fun thing that I noticed is in the scenes where they have transformed into women, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that when they spoke, they still spoke with the voices of those male actors. Yeah, I think they did. Which I thought was a nice touch. So the next scene is just Surihime, and she's walking around in the dark in a very foggy park. Yeah, like you do. Yeah, and then uh, Tuxedo Mask shows up. In a yes. horse and carriage. It's actually, but it's not wearing a tuxedo. It's wearing like a Sergeant Pepper's uniform. Yeah, but he is definitely wearing a tuxedo mask mask. Yes, and it is also definitely a lady. Oh, is it? Yeah, that is 100% a lady. I am, I'm, dude. I'm, okay, I said 100%, so now I'm going to qualify that a little bit. Okay. I am almost certain that the person in that mask is a lady. Well, listen, when tuxedo mask is played in the live action musicals, it's always done by a woman. Oh, I did not know that. I think that actually everybody in the Sailor Moon live action stuff, like the stage productions, are all women. Huh. Huh. So Sergeant Pepper Mask shows up in a horse and carriage. and they are like Christmas lights on the carriage. It's like all lit up. And so Tsuruhime gets into the carriage and then she is suddenly wearing like a white ball gown. Yes. And then the next scene, and you actually looked up from your notes You were like, did I miss a scene? No, you did not. They're just in the thing, and then the next scene is they are in a hotel ballroom, mm-hmm. and everybody else is also in masks and dancing, uh, but, but they, like, didn't... First of all, they didn't get an actual ballroom. They just, I think, got, like, the lobby. Yeah, and they didn't decorate it. It's decorated like a nice lobby, it. but they didn't decorate it. They didn't even get rid of the furniture. <laughs> like, they just pushed all the couches to the side, <laughs> and that's where they have their dance. Right. So- it's very fancy. <laughs> so dancing and then uh they Tsurahime and sergeant pepper mask like walk away and they're like a different part of the hotel there's like a balcony and sergeant pepper mask gives her like a giant necklace like a giant jeweled jeweled like glittering like very ostentatious yeah uh and so as this is happening she looks up at the clock the clock chimes midnight and as though she is cinderella she flees from the ballroom my notes as she runs down the stairs yeah and it's it's like the scene from the disney cinderella my notes actually say she loses a slipper oh i guess not feel like i right. straight up just i was like oh she's going to lose a slipper and it's going to work in somehow it does not she's fine so she, then we cut to the next morning and she is waking up at home And by at home I mean In a sleeping bag In a tent Because apparently The Kaku Rangers, Like we thought That they were going to live In that warehouse That they found Nekumaru in In the first episode No nope. They don't They just camp out In the park Like beside Nekumaru So first of all Tsunuhime just sleeps In her clothes Like yep. she gets up Out of that sleeping bag And she is just In her clothes already Although I kind of dig That they are all Wearing the same clothes All the time Uh huh Because, clearly, these dudes are homeless. Yeah. Like, they do not have a home that they live in. They live in their crepe truck, which they, like, barely make enough to eat, and they camp outside. So it makes a lot... I'm, like, I'm much more okay with the fact that it's like, oh, no, you just only own one set of clothes. Right. And, no, you own five sets of clothes, and you wear all of them at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So, so... And Tsuruhime has her own tent, and then the four dudes share a tent. Yeah, so she wakes up, and she... And at this moment, I'm like, oh, that was meant to seem like a dream sequence. But it isn't. It isn't. Like, because all of that actually happened. And so at no point during that did I think, oh, this is a dream. I just thought, oh, this show this is, is weird. is like some weird thing. So she wakes up. And she has the look on her face like, that was a strange dream. She reaches down and feels that she is still wearing the necklace that she was given the night before. So she gets up and she's like, this is very strange. And then she kind of like walks outside of her tent. And the yokai are looking at her from like across the lake. So she doesn't notice them. And they see her with the necklace. And they like, yay! And they like do a little dance. <laughs> we I did think. it. We gave her a necklace. Right. So next, Our evil plan is working. Right. We have jewelry. So her next, the next night. Oh, by the way, there is a brief moment where um, Nekumaru purrs and Jiraiya says, like, good morning, Nekumaru, in English. And then your cat, like, ran across the room when Nekumaru purred. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Um, so it's that night. Tsuruhime is asleep again. An eyeball, like the floaty eyeball that we saw last episode appears and, like, blasts her with something. And then she wakes up. She puts on the necklace and kind of. Like, walks away. Yes. Or sort she of gets a like, tent. Like, kind of, like, in a trance. Yeah. Not yeah, a yeah. trance so much, yeah, but, like, it's kind of. Pretty trancy. And so Jiraiya, like, he's outside of the tent for some reason. And he, like, sees her. And he, like, runs back into the dude's tent. It's like, guys, guys, guys. Wait, like, dude, wake up. Tsuruhime is walking away. She looks really weird. I don't know what's happening. And Sasuke is like, dude, if you want to practice your Japanese, like, it's gotta wait till the morning. And, like, rolls over to go back <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> Again, it's very unclear how much English the rest of the rangers speak. Well, isn't isn't he speaking... Isn't he is Jiraiya speaking, speaking Japanese in this scene? No, he is not. Jiraiya okay. only speaks English. Okay. This entire episode, I think, actually. So, it's unclear as to A, how much Japanese he speaks, and B, how much English they speak. Right. But they do all eventually wake up, and... So Tsuruhime is, like, walking away, and Jiraiya runs to follow her, and then Nurikabe appears, and then he bounces off of Nurikabe. Yeah, so, like, which is all great. of a sudden there's, like, a wall in the way, and he's, like, flying backwards from it. Which is great, because, like, that is the thing that Nurikabe does. Like, yeah. the actual mythological dude. Like, you just bounce. He's a wall that's out of nowhere, and you just bounce off of him. So they fight for a second. Yeah, like, Nurikabe summons a bunch of uh, Doros, Yeah, and so, like, they're fighting, but Tsuruhime is walking away. So Mokumokuren is there as himself, like as his human form. Yes, as his human form, but not as like any other. Hu- as his standard human form. Yes. And then sorry, he... there's a lot of forms going on in this episode, and I'm trying to keep them all straight. So he they get in a car and they're driving away, and then Mokumokuren. It turns out Mokumokuren has like eyeball powers, but also like illusion powers. Like yes. that's his thing. And so he uses his illusion powers to turn the car into the same horse and carriage. And mm-hmm. Sergeant Pepper Mask is, in fact, Mokumokuren. Right. Oh, actually, you know what? I don't think he had been in his human form. I think he was in his monster form. Oh, okay. And Got she on. just, like, didn't freak out because she was, like, mesmerized. Oh, right on. Okay, so Mokumokuren is Sergeant Pepper Mask. So they're back at the hotel. They, they dance again. They it's, dance again. It's just a repeat of the night before. And at midnight... Not the TV show, but, like, the time. Um, like, as he's getting to... Like, you know, as they're going to leave, he gives her a bracelet. Yeah. And then she leaves. She runs down the stairs as the clock chimes. Like, literally same thing. We cut to the next morning. So, it's the next morning, and the r- other rangers are, like, laughing at her story. They're like, this is so, like, how dumb, like, so silly, like, I can't believe this. It's like... My dude, you literally watched her walk away as a monster was fighting. Mm -hmm. Like, as you were fighting a monster. Mm -hmm. Like, why... I feel like you should be taking this more seriously. You know, I can't figure out exactly what they're laughing at. Because it seems like they are laughing at her for, like, having a... It's either that they are laughing at her for having such, like, a weird, like, Cinderella dream... Or they are laughing at her... Because, like, they like she has the necklace and the bracelet on the table and is, like, pointing to them. So, like, clearly they know that something has happened. Right! And so, like, I think that perhaps they are laughing at her for thinking it was a dream. Oh, maybe? Like, Man, oh, like, you have these, like, weird Cinderella dreams anyway, which is why this was able to, like, catch you, get, you off guard. You. Like, that's okay. the only way I can make sense of this. So... She's got the... Like, she pulls the necklace and the bracelet out. She's like, no, seriously. And Jiraiya's like, oh, no. Like, I recognize those. And he runs and he gets a newspaper. And he brings it back. And there's pictures of that jewelry plus an addition... Like, a ring. Uh, the, the newspaper is entirely in English. Yes. And the headline and- reads, Thieves Steal Jewelry with Potato. Yeah. And then, like, I thought... me I paused it and went back Cause I was like, well, maybe it's just like an English headline. Nope, that is just a newspaper entirely in yep. English. And I think I caught enough of it that I think they actually sat down and like wrote a story. There was like a caption, and it is saying words. So the, he just has an American or an hey, English newspaper. Jariah is a anglophone. You know, he finds the English language version of the newspaper. I guess. So I don't know what money he's using to buy a newspaper every morning, but. So anyways, so they're just like, oh, wow, this is bad. And Saizo says they're going to think that we are the thieves. We have to deal with this. We cannot right, be, like, like, on the hook for stolen jewelry. <laughs> like, we have hot jewelry here. So it, we flipped it later that day. And I guess, like, Sasuke and Saizo have gone to try and return the jewelry. Just, like, walk in and just be like, hey, real sorry, guys. We We have your jewels. So... Honestly, at this point, the episode became very difficult for me to keep track of. The next time that my notes pick up, Tsuruhime has ran away from a monster, and she is then suddenly dancing with uh, Sergeant Pepper Mask in a field. No, she doesn't run away from a monster. She just sees him and like runs to him. In like that same like weird fancy thing. Okay, okay. So they're in the dream. Sorry, at some point on here, Dave's cat was like crawling on my lap, and my notes get a little like weird because I can't try. I'm trying to like write around a cat's body. Alice loves laps. So Tsuruhime is like dancing with Sergeant Pepper mask slash because it's the same person, and she says to him like as they're dancing, she says, "Please don't. This is a dream. Don't, don't what." Just don't, like, whatever it is you're doing, don't. Maybe she's don't just, do like, this. asking him to stop invading her dreams or something. Yeah. But anyway, so she, like, puts this thing together, kind of. Like, she figures out, she knows at least that it's a dream. But then he proposes, he says, may, will you marry me? And he pulls out a binder with, like, a marriage contract in it. And she put, he puts a ring on her. Right. Which she then signs. Yeah. But. But she knows it's a dream, but she signs it anyways. She, and then... mu- she must be entranced and not just illusioned, you so, know, like, because she's not behaving normally. Right, but she at least recognizes that it's a dream. Um, so then as soon as she signs the contract, they teleport, or maybe they were already there and just the illusion drops. They teleport into a uh, locker room. Yeah. A locker room at a warehouse. Yeah, sure. And she's like, wait, what's happening? You're disgusting and I don't want to marry you. Yeah, because now once they've moved there, he is in his like full monster form. And she's like, but I have this marriage contract and we're married and I love you. And she says, no, that's disgusting and it's not valid. And so she pulls out her Doran charger to try and call the other rangers. And Mokumokaran just like backhands her? Yeah. And like knocks her door on charger away, but I guess she just hit like the lock on button because it's still picking her up. So we flash her to Sasuke, yeah. and Sasuke's like listening to this whole thing happen, and he says, Oh my gosh, we're gonna go help her. So they run. Back to Mokamokuren Moku and Sunihume. And Sunahime is like, No, listen, I like I do not want to be married to you. And he says, Oh, you want a divorce? And she's in like that case And like in that case, like, I'll take you to court. And she's like, okay, fine, let's go to court. I don't want to do this. So they go to Yokai Court. They Which is to- just in a different part of the warehouse. Yep, they go to Yokai Court and Nurikabe is the judge. And I did not notice this until later, but he is wearing a judge's robe over the rest of his like neon bike suit. Yeah, he hasn't changed the rest of his clothing. He has just like put on yet another layer. So Lurikabe <laughs> is the judge. And Tsuruhime says, well, I don't want to be married to this dude. I demand a divorce. Oh, by the way, real nice touch in here. The jury are all regular Dorodoros, but the uh, there are a couple of other Dorodoros like sitting next to Tsuruhime in suits as though they are her attorneys. I did not catch that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Nurikabe says, all right, well, if you want a divorce, you're going to have to pay alimony. And she says, yes, sure, fine. Like, I don't care. Right. And he says, "Okay, cool. Well, the al- alimony that you have to pay is I sentence you to the fried eye. The fr- Just I'm gonna say it again. The fried eye." And she says, "Wait, what now?" Yeah. And he says, "Oh yeah, mocha mocha and Just like that. She just loves to eat eyeballs. so he loves to, like fry them up like eggs and eat eyeballs. So uh, as alimony, he is going to pluck your eyes out and eat them. That is his thing now. Yes. And so like some dorodoros daughter grab her and like." Uh, m- what? Mokumokuron? Mokumokuron. Mokumokuron, like, pulls out, like, a saucepan and is like, Aha! Yes! This is gonna be delicious! Uh, so, as he is getting close to Tsurihime, he steps on some caltrops, and he's like, Oh no! Ouch! And, and then they look up, and of course, if there are caltrops there, there must be ninja nearby. Right, so they toss Tsurihime her Doran charger, and they all super hand game. So... Now we've got... Okay, so all of the Cocker Rangers are there and transformed. Then we've got the two yokai and a bunch of dorodoros. Right. Oh, and we're outside now. Oh, yes. Now we are outside. Like I said, this episode moves. Yeah, so they're outside and this is amazing. Tsuruhime steps out of the line and she's like, Hey, yokai, how can you make fun of my girlish dreams? I'll never forgive you. Oh, she goes... Like, that is a full Sailor Moon moment. Yeah, she's so angry that she's just like, how dare you? Like, how dare you mock the love of young girls? Oh my gosh, it's so good. So, they start fighting and we see two cool new weapons. We see Sekai has like a yellow, it looks like a climbing claw. Yeah. Kind of. It's like if Wolverine's claws were a grappling hook. It's like if Vega... It's like if Vegas Claws from Street Fighter were a grappling hook. Like, that's Yellow Claw. And then Tsuruhime has, like, two other bladed weapons. One of them looks like a a sword catcher, sort of. Yeah, kind of. It's like a... They look like tuning forks, but bladed, if that makes any sense. Like, blades on the insides. But they don't announce what they're called, so I don't know. Right. But they do have these cool things. So Yellow Claw is a rad grappling hook, and it's super amazing. So Tsuru is... Tsuruhime is fighting Nurikabe, I think. Yes, because at this point, uh, Mokomokaron is sort of like... He's sort of standing behind things, like zapping people with his eyeball lasers. Yeah. But they're sort of focusing their initial attacks on... Nurikabe. Yes. So she uses the... What is it that... Dancing crane illusion. Yes, where she summons a bunch of, like, spectral origami cranes to, like, circle around him. He's like, oh, these are very pretty. And then they explode. Uh, listen, this is just a thing that works in, in Super Sentaiverse because Daigo does the same thing. Yeah. He summons illusions that, like, should not be at all interesting. And people are like, oh, no way, a door. I gotta walk through that. <laughs> and then it explodes. So, <laughs> so she uses dancing crane. And then once Nurikabe is sort of, like, reeling, she summons the shark bikes. Yes. And if you don't recall, there are three shark motorcycles. There's a red shark motorcycle that's sort of on its own, then a yellow and blue one that each have, like, a sort of a weird sidecar-y thing. And we finally figure out now why their sidecars are so weird, and it's the best. So what they do is, I don't have a name for it, I don't think... But they just merge. It's like, ninpo, shark merge, or something. Yeah. And all of the bikes just turn into, like, a giant agglomeration of shark bike. Yeah, so, like, the, the red and the blue... I'm sorry, the yellow and the blue one kind of, like, jam into each other. And the two sidecar platforms become a ramp that the red bike is on top of. And then it just launches the red... Like, just with Sasuke on it... Just launches the red bike at a bad guy and it like turns into a bolt of energy and blasts into them and then it reforms on the other side and then they explode. It's so good. I still do not understand why they're sharks though, but dude, it's whatever. I do not care. I'm honestly, I always love the motorcycles in Super Sentai shows. Like, I, they don't always have them, but like, I remember, Die Ranger had motorcycles. Yeah, um, Jetman didn't have motorcycles, but they all did have vehicles. And yeah. actually, Jet Striker was was red, one of those things. Yeah, it's a red buggy. But I've never seen them like join together in this way. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. I was really excited. So Nura dies. Like that, you just dead now. Yeah. And with his dying breath, he's like, "Mokumokuren, sorry, bro." Right. And then he dies. Uh, Mokamokuren is furious. Yes, he's, he's like, like, Well, fine. That was just big time. Now I'm just gonna turn it into a giant. I kind of dig that they do not have like a mechanic whereby they get giant. They're just like, guys, it's time to be a giant. Yeah. And then they're a giant. I mean, they have to like suck the energy down from like the weird yokai energy cloud. Right, but it's not like an enlarging bomb right. or like it's just like, Nah, we're giant. Just, yeah. I'm giant now. It's like an internal switch that they flip. So. Tsuruhime summons White Kark, which is her giant beast general. And she fights, like, she fights Mokomokuren on her own for, like, a second. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that she would just take him down solo. Yeah, because I know Saizo did that last week. Yeah, but she doesn't. She, like, summons, like, she's fighting for a second. And then, like, while she's doing that, the other dudes summon their giant beast generals. They form Muteki Shogun. Mm-hmm. And then kind of from there, it's like... You know how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, Moku, Moku Ren, like flashes them and he's like, ninpo googly eyes or something. <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know why you did that. It doesn't matter to us. And then Muteki Shogun does cherry blossom attack, which is just, it shoots like spectral cherry blossoms at Moku, Moku Ren. Yeah. And which is an is, attack that um, Sotohime did like on a smaller scale in yeah. the first episode. So yeah. I like that. And, uh... And then, like, they summon a flaming sword and he he dies. Right. I, I like the extent to which Mateki Shogun just, like, at this point in the show is so overpowered compared to these yokai. <laughs> then, like, whenever like, they go to attack him, he just, like, he doesn't even move. He just stands there <laughs> and he's like, uh, flame, flaming sword. But the best part about Moku Mokuran is with his, di- literally with his dying breath, he just says, Tsurihime, I really did want to marry you. So, like... He was in yokai love with Tsuruhime, and that is what he chose to say as he died. Right. He also wanted to consume her eyeballs, but you know, listen, yokai love. Uh, uh, yeah, man, they've got a uh, they they got their own things. So, so then uh, we we go to the, everybody's cooled again, and they're standing outside Nekamaru and Jiraiya like kneels down and offers Tsuruhime some flowers. And she's like, "Wait for me," and he's like, "Yeah, yes," and he says, "I love my princess." And At which then, point she's like, "Oh, <laughs> you're being a dick!" Oh yeah, you guys are <laughs> jerks. And she like grabs the flowers and just starts like hitting the rest of the Rangers with them, and is like genuinely angry, uh, which I think is fine. That's kind of a jerk move, guys. Yeah, like they are all laughing because they thought it was going to be funny, and she is like genuinely angry with them, uh, uh, which, which is... reminds me of. Listen, I've done that. Yeah, yep, yep, done that one. Yep. Real, real uncomfortable. So she goes to, like, throw her bouquet of flowers, like, at Jiraiya's head. We cut back to the narrator, and the, it's like a quick cut, and the bouquet of flowers that she threw, like, lands in the narrator's lap. And he's like... Oh, those guys, will they ever get together? I hope they do, because there's plenty more yokai out there. And we cut to, like, an evil <laughs> dance club. And it's just, like, some ladies doing, like, a dance fan, like, a dancy fanny dance thing. And then some dudes are... Like, they don't have literal dollar bills, but if they had dollar bills, like, they would very yes. clearly be making it rain. And then there's like a shift into lighting and they all become like yokai yeah except there were two people two ladies dancing on top of this platform and there's only one yokai which was maybe they're like yeah I I hope that that is a yokai that we see later in the show that would be very cool that would be pretty rad and then uh that's it that's it that's yep so, okay. I know we no longer do high points and low points, but I do have a high point of this episode. Alright, hit me, dude. Uh, I'm really... I was very excited for a like official confirmation that Tsurukime is the leader of the Captain that Rangers. That was actually... That was super cool. I really like that. that. And it, it makes a ton of sense, because she is the one that very obviously is in charge. Right, like she has the most training and experience... And like actually knows what is happening and speaks Japanese and English, so like yeah, of course this is your leader. Okay, so Matt, we actually have two monsters to get on the creature Royale. Yeah, let's start with let's start with Nurikabe. Yeah, so, so what do you think about Nurikabe? I I dig Nurikabe. I he's got a cool look. Mm-hmm. Like given he's a giant wall monster, they actually managed to make it look pretty neat, and. I really dig that he has, like, crazy maze powers, kind of? Yeah, oh, by the way, that maze is, like, it is not something they made for the show, obviously, as yeah. we discussed last week. But it still exists. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, it's, like, outside Tokyo. You can, like, go and, like, you go know. the maze. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, a game thing that you go. Like, you pay a certain amount of money, and, like, within X amount of time, you need to find, like four flags and then get to the exit. What? Yeah. That's awesome. I super want to do that. I would love to go to something like that. So I dig that they've got like, he's got like a cool maze and he himself is like, he's not like the coolest. Like if you're going to pick a mundane object to base a monster around, which is what it seems like a bunch of these are, just like a wall is kind of weird. And also his weakness is that if you just kick him in the lower left hand Mm -hmm. quadrant of his body. Yeah, but that is... That is, like, an actual, like, mythological Murakabe, not, like, this dude. Okay, I would like to point out, we don't, I mean, that's true, Mm -hmm. but, uh, nobody tried it. That's true. So, this guy's weakness is being hit with a motorcycle that had been turned into, like, a giant red energy bolt. A shark cycle. Yes. So, um... Which is a much more interesting weakness. I'm thinking, like, he's kind of, yeah, kind of bottom third, I would say. Like, I'm not super duper into him. Yeah, um, where would you put him as a, compared to like, I don't know, like a Duke Trump? He's not as cool as Duke Trump. Oh, really? I was actually gonna say I like him more than Duke Trump. Well, wait, let me think about Duke Trump. Duke Trump for a second, because uh, that dude was real creepy. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I like. I feel like I might like Norakabi's design better. I like Nurikabe... Oh, no, dude. Duke Trump is, like, his monster form is, like, a giant hand holding a set of cards. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. pretty cool. That's true. But I, I guess I like... I like the stuff that Nurikabe does, like, more than I liked Duke Trump. Okay. Because, like, Duke Trump, like, did that weird thing where, like, he turned children into cards and made them dance for him, which was, like, creepy and interesting. But I like, like... I think I, I think the maze is more fun... Okay, so is he cooler than the four kings of heaven? Um, man, that's a tough question. That is a tough question. Is he cooler than Kappa and Rokurokubi? No, I don't. I think don't he think is. he's cooler than Kappa or Rokurokubi. Is he cooler than the four kings of heaven? I think maybe he is. I think me? Okay, yeah, I can see you know, that. the Four Kings of Heaven have a great... We, we talk about... I feel like they are a a sticking point we get back to a few times. I think they're cooler than him. But, like, the Four Kings of Heaven, they've got a great look and are very interesting, like, visually. But, like, as characters, they're sort of yeah, a big fat nothing. All, all right, man. So, Nunakabe comes in at number 22. Okay. And how about Moku, Moku Ren? Okay, higher or lower than Nurakabe. I, I like him better than Nurakabe. Yeah, I'm gonna say higher. I think he's yeah, I think he's cooler than Kappa and Rokurukubi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like here's what Mokumokuren has going for him. He's got like super crazy illusion powers. Right. Looks slick as heck in his like Sergeant Pepper mask form. Right. I think I mean, it was he, rad. Yeah. I mean he, he looks horrifying in his monster form, but But like imaginative horrifying. Yeah not yeah like he is super gross because he's got a flesh coat right and nobody wants that nobody i don't even like saying the word uh but he <laughs> does have that thing right and like he's pretty effective and he he does love Surahime in a weird sort of way so i'll say that and for i him. do want to give him one or two bonus points just for being the same actor as uh um radigate Radiga. oh did we mention that at any point in the recording yet? We did not, actually. Okay, yeah, we, we got some uh, notifications from uh, of you, the listeners, that that dude is the same actor who played Radigat. Which, which is pretty which, cool. Which, like, I did not notice last episode because the, like, the makeup is so radically different between the two. Yeah, so... Uh, but I want to give him, like, at least some bonus points for that because I love that dude. And also, I think, like, Moka Moka, his like his plan is pretty effective, actually, Like, he he gets Surahime, he he almost does it. He does, in fact, trick her into marriage. He gets her alone, he's going to eat her eyeballs. Like, this is actually working out fairly well for him. It's very complicated, but to his credit, it works. It mostly works. So, cooler than than the jewelry priestesses? Um, yeah. I think so. He also had some jewelry, and his plan was better. And his plan was way better. So, cooler than Lieutenant Shiryu? Um, who's above Lieutenant Shiryu? Oborogumara? Oh, the taxi dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's cooler than Lieutenant Shiryu. Yeah, do you want to put him above or below Oborogumara? I I feel like he's, like, right in there. I feel, oh man, that's tough. Because his plan is way more effective, Mm but Oborogumara is... Like just like such a rad design, he gets big, big points for that. Actually, like, you know what? Car design. Let me let me back that up, man. Lieutenant Shiriu is rad. So like we're we've got some distance from Lieutenant Shiryu and Mukamoker is his fresh, but like dude, Lieutenant Shiriu looks rad. He looks like a crazy like space knight elf thing. Yeah, and he's got like lightning powers, and he's helping out Doshikaku. I, I actually don't think Mokamokaren is as cool as Lieutenant Shirio. Okay, so let's put him right below Lieutenant Sheryo. Okay, so that's he's cooler than Pachinko Master. I'm I'm cool with that. Oh yeah. So there we go. Uh so Mokumokuren comes in at spot 16 of right. Royale. So I think that's it for us, man. Yeah, I think that is gonna do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. you want to get any updates on future episodes, you check out the things we're talking about on Twitter. We are at Uh We have a website now. Yep. It is RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com, uh, I think, slash Brothers, But if you go there, if you go, yeah, there's it's right on link. the thing. Um, if you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe, that's what's going to help new people find the show, or so we have been told. Uh we are a production of Retrograde Over Radio as previously stated. Once again we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week. <laughs>